Welcome to the Wise Women Diaries podcast. This is where shame and victimhood die. I am a woman that questions everything, so this podcast is a reflection of that. Here, we speak on non-mainstream perspectives, like personal growth in motherhood and relationships, awareness of the ego versus the soul, the voice of fear versus intuition, We discuss what it looks like to step into your power and step out of the medical paradigm. That's why I'm obsessed with interviewing women who trust their bodies and their babies in home birth and free birth and their wild journey from maiden to mother. Ultimately, this podcast is about women taking radical responsibility for their life, shedding victimhood for good. This podcast is really a reflection on my health journey because I have episodes on this podcast from two years ago that I don't subscribe to at all anymore. It's like how I healed my body from bloating, blah, 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 because I did medical medium and celery juice and I don't subscribe to any of that anymore because it's all with the broken, broken belief that the body is stupid The body doesn't know what it's doing and you need to manipulate it to get it in line. You need to get it in order. And also it's with this perfectionism of the body, you know, like if you eat right and if you do everything right, your body will be perfect. Perfectionism of the body. And it's usually with this root of control issues, right? Like your diet needs to be perfect and you need to be perfect so your body's perfect because symptoms are bad. Symptoms aren't bad. Symptoms are an expression of health. Symptoms are the intelligence of the body. If you get a cut and that cut bleeds, it immediately scabs over. It immediately heals. You don't need to take a supplement for it to scab over. You don't need to take a supplement or a pill to make it stop bleeding. It creates its own band-aid without your help, without your conscious manipulation or help or positive thinking. The body doesn't need you to do anything and it creates a scab and it heals and it forms new skin. It doesn't need you for anything. So same with cancer, bloating, disease, eczema, rashes, it's healing it already. It is the healing response. And it's that we don't understand the body, that our ego thinks it knows best. Our ego has such control issues that it says, this symptom is here and I'm labeling it as bad and wrong. So I need to silence it and I need to manipulate it because I can't have that. So in the past year, I've dealt with this, you know, year-long fungus infection that I've talked about on a previous recent episode, and I threw all the supplements at it, and I tried, you know, I, I did this, like, oregano oil and stuff to get rid of the fungus, and it didn't even touch it. It didn't even help, and that was my humbling experience. I'm not going to talk about that full experience on this podcast, but I will in the future because it's the experience that has changed me. I tried to manipulate the symptom and it wouldn't budge and I was humbled. 
it persisted and it humbled me because I, my ego had to keep taking a back seat. Like, oh, okay, okay, I need to let you be. I need to let you be. And I kept seeing how my ego, my mind, wanted to control the symptom because it wasn't okay with the symptom. Just imagine getting a scab and being like, this scab is so ugly, I'm not okay with it. And you, and you scrape the scab off. Then it bleeds again. And you're creating a bigger issue because your mind doesn't like the scab. The scab's not pretty, but the scab is the intelligence of the body and it creates its own band-aid without you doing anything. So if the body creates a scab and it heals a cut immediately and it heals a burn immediately without you doing anything, you don't have to take a supplement. You don't have to see the chiropractor to heal a burn. It's true for all symptoms, all symptoms. We just don't understand the symptoms. Our ego labels them as bad and wrong. To me, this is all ego delusion, right? It, the ego says, I need to see a doctor and I need to take this pill or supplement to delete the symptom, silence it. And that's, that's conditional love with the body because we're, we're saying, I don't love you when you show up like this. I don't love you when you have this symptom. You need to be perfect for me. So I went through a huge phase that everyone, a lot of people, not everyone, goes through where you get really dogmatic about food and herbs and you know your diet has to be perfect to avoid symptoms, but then you keep getting symptoms of all types and you're like, hmm, what's really going on? I'm not perfect enough. Well, now I can look back at that and I, and I see it as control issues. It's a lot easier to try to have a strict diet than to really look at the emotional conflicts of your life, right? It's really easy to blame gluten instead of blaming like your lack of boundaries with your in-laws. And then there's, there's this other aspect that it's people that feel so unsafe in the world. Like for me, I have control issues because of childhood traumas, which make me not feel safe in this world. I inherently don't feel safe because of these traumas. So then my psyche, my brain, you know, had to make gluten the boogeyman and sugar the boogeyman. So if only I could stay away from those two things, then I could feel safe. It's like, I chose to fear those things because then if I avoid those things, then I could feel safe. All that's done unconsciously. I did this whole dance for a decade unconsciously because of my childhood traumas. I feel unsafe, so I created insane food restriction for myself to try to control something to try to feel safe. So that's why a lot of my diet food restriction, like I was vegan for 10 years, and then I was like only organic and I didn't eat sugar. All of that food restriction was massive control issues. It is, a, it is an eating disorder because it's control issues, but it's ultimately because I didn't feel safe in this world and I needed to try to control something within my means of control. 
So that food dogma, you know, that religion of eating perfectly and eating organic, I now try to eat anything and everything. And I'm not saying I'm binging and going crazy, but like I eat really good nutritious meals every day. And then I indulge because I am healing that, that good versus bad food restriction, control issues. And like eating gluten and sugar is now my medicine because it's not a boogeyman. It never was. So I think holistic medicine and Western medicine are really rooted in the same belief that the body's kind of stupid, doesn't really know what it's doing, and you need to tell it what to do. You need to take this supplement, and you need to see this doctor, and you need to see this chiropractor, and your body will not act right if you don't do those things. Like, as if your mind knows best. You know, something outside the body knows best. But it's crazy because God made our body. Our body is nature. And what is nature? So insanely intelligent. How do the seasons change? How do the leaves fall off and grow every single year? How does a baby turtle hatch on the beach and know to seek the ocean? It is innate wisdom, intelligence in nature, in our bodies, and it's all from God. It's all of God. So to believe you need a pill to correct something in your body, or you need a chiropractor to correct something in your body, or uh, right? It's saying my body is too stupid to fix itself, and my mind knows what it needs to do. And to me, it's the arrogance of the mind. It's the ego saying, I know what's best and my body is stupid and I'm a victim to my body. My body is doing this to me. But the body is you. What you are experiencing in your body is a reflection of you. It is your emotional conflicts in life. It is your stresses in life. It is your worries in life. It's your shocks, your emotional shocks. It's the things you're ruminating on in your mind. That all is affecting your body because your mind and your body are one. They are married. They are together. They are not separate. So what you are experiencing in your body is the perfect reflection of your inner world, your inner state. So German New Medicine, I have not talked about it too much because it's so complex. It is so sciencey that my brain just kind of explodes when I try to talk about it. So I'm going to use the most basic language. I am going to use the most basic terms. I am going to butcher certain things, but I'm just going to do my best. I am not looking for perfection. But if you want really, really good information on this, there's a really good website, I think called learninggnm.com. So much information, but personally, I search Dr. Melissa Sell on podcasts and listen to her like elevator pitch on German New Medicine because she, to me, is so educated in German New Medicine. And I love her elevator pitches on this. She explains it very well. So I really highly recommend you doing that. But German medicine is, to me, 
biologic truth. It's not a modality. It's a German doctor in the 80s that discovered that he got testicular cancer after his son was shockingly murdered. And he's like, this can't be coincidence. He, this can't be a coincidence that I got cancer right after a huge shock in my life, a huge loss. So he started studying the effects of emotional shocks on the body, and he discovered the most mind-blowing science I have ever read. So the thing with his information is that it's 100% accurate in every single case, supposedly. It's not wishy-washy. He has brain scans that prove every single case he has ever studied. And it's like something like 40,000 cases of humans that he has studied where their emotional shocks correlate to a specific organ, a specific body area, and it shows on a brain scan. And it's 100% all of the time that it lines up which doesn't surprise me, but this information is so, so, so intense, but I'm going to try my best. So like I said, Western medicine and holistic medicine typically views the body as stupid, random, and in need of fixing, right? Like your cervical cancer is just random. It's genetic. Luck, you're unlucky, luck of the draw, right? But with German New Medicine, Dr. Hammer has found a very specific emotional conflict associated with cervical cancer. So I'm going to say in the most basic way, all of this is so much more in-depth and so more intense than I could ever try to explain. But the emotional conflict associated with cervical cancer, quote-unquote cancer. He does not believe in cancer in the, in the Western medicine sense. It is a sexual conflict or a mating conflict. So what happens is, say you have this sexual shock conflict. It could be, a sexual conflict could obviously be so big, like rape or sexual assault, but it also could be so small like you have sex with your husband, but your body isn't wanting to, and you're not ready. And so you're in conflict with your body. Your body's like, no, but you're just doing it to appease your husband. That can be a really small sexual conflict. And so during the conflict active phase, your tissues adapt during the conflict. So it gets so intense, but I'm just gonna try to say this so simply. The body is either doing a cell increase or a cell decrease in tissue in that area. So during the conflict active phase in the cervix, there is an adaptation to the tissue during the stress. And then once there's a resolution to the conflict, like say you make peace with the, your sexual assault, that is then the resolution phase or then you make peace with you know, that little sexual conflict you had with your husband, you then go into the healing phase of that emotional conflict and the body goes into a healing phase. 
it went out of homeostasis during the conflict and then during the emotional resolution where you just can breathe a sigh of relief like oh, I have peace with this it's usually not conscious right but you're not ruminating on that stress anymore because when you're ruminating on something and you're worried about something that's typically the conflict active phase that's when your body is making tissue changes and you're in the stress you're in the conflict but once you stop ruminating you stop worrying you sigh a big sigh of relief the healing phase then begins and your body then goes into action to reach go back to homeostasis because in the conflict phase the stress phase you're out of homeostasis for that time and then when you have resolution of the emotional conflict your body goes okay it's time to go back to homeostasis and we are going to go into repair mode and that typically is when we have symptoms so in the cervix you can then experience really really heavy bleeding that is the symptom of the healing of the emotional conflict or you can have microbes like yeast fungi bacteria because in german new medicine one of the biological laws is that in the healing phase microbes go to that area to break down tumors to heal the cells to break down or build up tissue it goes to that area to heal it so candida is the healing phase from an emotional conflict wherever there is microbes there is a healing happening so quote-unquote cervical cancer is just proof that you lived through an emotional conflict and now there are microbes there healing the area and your body is doing it all you don't need to do a thing and if you go to the doctor in a specific phase of this healing journey you can be diagnosed with cancer for no reason and then cause a diagnosis shock conflict which then is a whole other host of shock conflicts that can create new symptoms so this is why i personally would never go to a doctor because at any moment i could be diagnosed with cancer but really it is the healing phase of a conflict and my body is already healing it i don't need to do anything and the diagnosis shock can create a whole other level of stress and conflicts on the body and psyche, on the brain. Because if you were diagnosed with cancer, look at that emotional toll on your brain. The worry, the fear, the ruminating thoughts. Then you risk a whole other host of body symptoms and healing because then you have to heal from the diagnosis shock. So your body is a reflection of the emotional conflicts you are dealing with in your life. What are you worried about constantly? What are you ruminating about, worrying and thinking and fearing about constantly? One say something to you shocking that caused you to gasp. And then did you get symptoms within that next week or next two weeks? Did someone verbally attack you and you wanted them to get out of your face? That can cause like a face rash or face acne. 
Um, just look at the terminology of with stomach issues, often it's you cannot digest something in your life. I can't digest this. With skin issues, it's a separation conflict. And that could be taken in so many ways. You could be missing someone. You could be missing contact with someone. Um, you, want, you could be around someone that you want to separate from. That could be you know, eczema. Um, and it could be an irritation, right? It could be, you're, they're getting under my skin. These certain phrases that we say are very interesting. You know, this is hard to swallow. They're getting under my skin. I can't digest this. So this is hard to swallow when you have a sore throat that is an indigestible morsel, which means, you know, what happened that's very hard to swallow in your life. I had a conflict with a, uh, with a friend this year and I couldn't swallow how she was behaving. And I had healing symptoms when we had conflict over this and it's an incredible story. But with this podcast, I'm going to talk about my seasonal allergy because it is magnificent. I started learning about German New Medicine because of my seasonal allergy about a year and a half ago because it was just too weird. It was too weird. I, out of the blue, I have been living in Arizona for like 10 years and then a few years ago, I started getting seasonal allergies only in February. And I was just like, how could this happen? How could I just develop an allergy just randomly out of the blue? It just doesn't make sense, right? So I started studying German medicine and with allergies, it's you can develop an allergy to something in your environment or something you're eating during a shocking moment or a shocking conflict. So for me, I had a very, one of my most traumatic moments of my life was in the month of February. In the month of February. And my body remembers that. It remembers the smells of the pollen in February That is my trauma month. So when I was healed from that trauma, my body smelt the pollen in February and says, it's trauma month. We need to protect you. And I would sneeze and I sneeze. I would have so much mucus and my body was just trying to protect me from trauma month. Because that was my month of the biggest trauma of my life. And my my body remembers. So say you are in the middle of nature and you're on the river. And a wolf like comes within your perimeter. And you're eating blueberries. You That is a shock, right? Oh my god. A wolf. You go into fight or flight. You go into that shock phase. And once you are resolved of that conflict, you know, no matter days or weeks later, your body could develop an allergy to the blueberries you were eating in that moment because it could associate that food with that event, that danger. Those blueberries mean a wolf is in sight. That's dangerous. And the body remembers. And it's just trying to protect you. It's just trying to help. So I developed these 
you know, allergies in the month of February and I discovered it's because February is my trauma month and my body just remembers and that's it. But I was such a victim to my body during this time that I was like, my body's doing this to me. My body's so stupid. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say these things, but it's what I would feel. I was so upset with my body that it would cause me so much pain, that it would cause me so much suffering. And I was so pissed at my body. And I was at war with my body because I could hardly sleep because my nose was so blocked. I had so much, you know, blockage of mucus and oh, it was hard. And I was at war, war with my body and I was a victim to my body. I was just like, how could you be doing this to me? And the, that created an additional conflict on top of just the allergy, the seasonal allergy. Because then the seasonal allergy became another conflict. So it became the conflict of this stinks. I cannot handle this. This stinks. So the emotional conflict of this stinks or life stinks or this person stinks, I want to get away from them, or you're smelling out competition, this person smells, I'm smelling out their competition, can create a cold-like situation or seasonal allergy-like situation where your nose gets more mucus or more inflamed because your tissues are adapting to this conflict. So I then created an additional emotional conflict on top of my seasonal allergies so then it actually lasted longer than it than it should have because I was a victim to my symptoms I was in conflict about my allergy symptoms I was like this stinks so bad and I would say it every day I was a victim to my body I was like I'd complain about it every day every day I was the biggest victim so then the next year every year I was like hey I'm gonna handle this differently and this year, this February was the best year because I said, I am not going to create an additional stink complex on these symptoms, right? I'm going to make peace with this, these symptoms because I understand my body now. I know that my body is just so intelligent and it's just trying to protect me and it remembers my trauma month. And I'm going to love on my body instead of be a victim to it so the first few days were in my um conf when my allergies arose i was like i'm gonna let myself be a victim for two days i'm gonna let myself complain for two days and then i am going to move on i am knocking about these allergies again this month i'm done i'm not complaining about these allergies i am not mentioning a word about these allergies ever again and my allergies were so manageable. I, I, I had a little bit of like, I used a few tissues a day. I could breathe through my nose. It was so manageable. It was so subtle. It was so light. And I know it's because I, was, I didn't create an additional conflict on top of the allergies. And then this is what's very interesting is I had about three weeks of, you know, this very light, subtle sneezing and mucus. And I was really at peace with it, which is why it was so manageable. And then I went to the hairdresser and I, 
I dyed my hair and I don't love the toxins from that dye, right? But I was like, you know what? I want to dye my hair. I am going to dye my hair. And yes, there's toxins on it, but it is what it is. But when I had the toxins, when I had the dye in my hair, I literally could smell the toxins and it was really intense. And I remember thinking, this literally stinks. And it's like just seeping in me. And it smelled so bad. And the next day, my nose was so stuffed. I was like, oh my gosh, that was a mini stink complex or conflict from these toxins smell so bad. And I didn't like it. But it, it passed after like two days. But it was so cool because it took me back to two years ago when my allergies were so bad that I could never even breathe through my nose because I was in such an intense conflict over it. And I had a mini conflict with the toxin smell and my nose really stuffed up for two straight days. I could not breathe through it. And it was just really powerful to watch. And so now I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna dye my hair again because I, 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 I was just like, this really stinks. I didn't like it. And then my my hair was dark for like two months and then it and then it just like washed away and it's back to normal. I was just like, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth it because the dye didn't even last many months. So not sure I'm gonna do that again, but I do love when my hair is dark. So the next thing I'm gonna talk about is my dairy allergy as a child. It's pretty crazy because I had a weed gummy night and I was thinking about my relationship to dairy, to sugar, all the things. And the thing with cannabis is that it really helps me think back to my most, the beginning point, the origin point of an ego story or a conflict. It really helps me go really deep into my psyche, my brain, and, and figure out like the root of an emotional conflict or my my childhood memories it really really allows me to go deep into my memory bank and remember things i don't normally remember so one day i was thinking i was on cannabis and i was thinking about dairy and sugar and i remember being at my grandparents house and i saw this movie scene and i didn't watch the whole movie i just was in the room i saw this movie scene of this woman eating ice cream and then she was abducted by like a scary man. And then she dropped the ice cream on the pavement. And the, the TV just showed this scene of the ice cream melting on the pavement because she was abducted, right? And that was so scary for me. As a child, seeing that scene, that was horrifying. And it stuck in my brain. And if it's stuck in your brain, that is a conflict. I was shocked at what I just saw on that TV. And I had a dairy allergy. I would literally eat ice cream and then have an earache that night when I was a kid. And I'm not saying this is why, but I think there's a correlation because I watched a TV scene of a shock with ice cream and I had a dairy allergy as a child. I don't know, I don't really think that's a coincidence, personally. And then there's this podcast called German New Medicine Stories where 
women are saying their healing stories of their body. And there's this one story on it where this girl is 10 years old and her mom starts learning German new medicine when she's 10 years old. The mom's teaching her little girl about this. And the little girl has a dairy allergy. And the mom puts milk in front of her and says, okay, what does this milk symbolize to you? What is in your memory bank in regards to milk? What was shocking in regards to milk that's in your memory? And the girl said she remembers this memory of her dad like coming home from work and she was holding a glass, a pitcher of milk, and it was glass. And she dropped the milk and it shattered on the floor. And her dad was really mad and angry. And that was her memory of dairy is she dropped this glass, this pitcher of milk, and her dad was angry. And that's a, that's a, that's a shock conflict. She was scared. That was shocking. Dropping glass is shocking, especially to a child. And then she was able to heal her, he, heal her dairy allergy because she found this origin point to the allergy. And then there's another story on this podcast where this woman develops an extreme fragrance allergy where she couldn't be in a mall, she couldn't be at people's houses with air fresheners, she couldn't be in an Uber, she couldn't be in a Lyft because her body would have this huge allergy response of like her throat closing up if she would smell fragrance and fragrance is in everything. So she literally couldn't go anywhere or do anything and she had to live a very insulated life because of this allergy. And for five years, she had this allergy. And she was talking about it with her husband one day. And she kept saying, she kept bringing up this memory of her mother-in-law saying the meanest, nastiest, shocking thing to her five years prior. And she kept bringing up this memory throughout those five years. And then one day, she realized that when her mother-in-law said these nasty, shocking words to her, her fragrance allergy started the week after that happened. And she correlated the two. And her mother-in-law has the most fragrance house with like, um, you know, Febreze plugins and all of the fragrance, Tide detergent, all the things. Her mother-in-law's house is that. So her body was in shock that her mother-in-law said these words to her and shocked her. And she was smelling the fragrance in that house. And that fragrance then was no longer safe. It was danger. And then her body had this adaptation for five years. And then she was able to heal it, like, instantaneously with discovering the origin point. But also, she went way deeper into the moment of, like, the words her mother-in-law spoke to her. And she discovered, like, she actually believed the words her mother-in-law spoke to her, which is what you know, affected her and what shocked her so much. It's a really, really good story. It's on the podcast, German New Medicine Stories. Speaking of my trauma that happened in that one specific February, I was in conflict for about three months, straight conflict, straight fight or flight for three straight months. And then when that trauma was resolved at the end of May, and once there was resolution to that trauma, and my system went into restoration phase. It did a big sigh of relief. I got the mumps. 
And I was in the healing phase and I was in bed for five straight days because that was my body healing from those three months of conflict. And I can go back to almost every single major conflict, um, especially in the relationship with Malcolm and I for 16 years, like, oh my gosh, the first month we saw each other, I got an eye sty. And then in the first like six months, I got a UTI. And then in like the first nine months, I got a yeast infection. And I can look back to all of these firsts because it was my first relationship. It was my first romantic relationship when I was a freshman in college. He was my first boyfriend. So it was my first time dealing with so many emotional conflicts. So in that first year of dating, I had my first eye I had my first hemorrhoid, I had my first UTI. I had so many things and it's because I was in conflict with things and then my body was healing that conflict once I had a resolution. It is so wild to revisit and someday I'm going to talk about, you know, the fungus infection I've had for more than a year because that is my most magnificent healing story and that's why all of my beliefs about health have completely flipped, completely transformed because I threw all the supplements at my fungus infection. I threw, ev- I threw the entire kitchen sink at my fungus infection and it didn't budge because I was trying to manipulate my body because I said, this, is, this infection is not okay with me. This symptom's not okay. I am going to change it. I am going to manipulate it. I'm going to silence it. And then it didn't budge and I was humbled. And I was like, oh, okay. I can't control my body. I can't control my symptoms. And it's why I am a different human now. Those symptoms are the sole reason I am a new human. I am in trust with my body because of that experience and because it wouldn't silence when I wanted to silence it. There are so many empowering things about the laws of German new medicine because it can make you way more aware of how your body, your psyche, you, how you are perceiving things, how you are perceiving conflicts, how you are perceiving situations. It can really, really open your eyes to understanding your emotional conflicts better, but you also don't have to. You don't ever have to become aware of your emotional conflicts because when you are in a resolution phase, naturally, whether it takes days or years, your body's going to heal in that resolution phase. You don't ever have to do anything. You don't have to live a certain lifestyle for the laws of nature, for the laws of your body to heal and to work. But you could also use the knowledge of German New Medicine to learn about yourself and to really respect your body more. Because, for example, the cervical cancer example with a a sexual conflict, if you keep getting candida infections, quote unquote, you know, that's not a candida infection. 
that is your body using microorganisms to heal after experiencing a sexual conflict or a mating conflict. You don't have to go on this candida diet to heal the, that because it's not a bad thing. The candida is a good thing. The candida is the healing phase of the sexual conflict. But if the sexual conflict is you not wanting to have sex and appeasing your husband and your body's in this shutdown state and having sex and it doesn't feel good for you, you can move into greater integrity and be honest with your body and respect your body and respect your womb and have this honest conversation with your husband and say, I need to get warmed up for my body to say yes to sex. I can't be in this shutdown state and people please for you because this causes these yeast infections. You know, they're not yeast infections, but that's what I'm calling them. So you can then speak up for your body and say, I'm not going to do that dance anymore. I'm not going to do that conflict anymore because it doesn't feel good. You know, I'm going to listen to my body and let's do foreplay for 20 minutes before instead of having my body shut down. And that's, that's not even fun anyways. But this is how German New Medicine can really get you to have intense introspection, self-reflection, and then you can change your life based on it. Or you don't have to do anything. And your body will still heal. You just might be in more conflicts than you have to be. That's free will. That's choice. And that's why it's empowering. You get to choose. <laughs>